We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to our edition of Dynasty Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball and more this fantasy football offseason. We're getting close, Dan. We are, I think we're like two months away from like opening day at this stage. I know. I, I was thinking about just taking the rest of the weeks off until opening week and, and coming back with a with a bang, but uh, oh. missed, missed a couple more, um, <laughs> but we're, we're back. I, I think- I think you only missed one between now and, and the last time you were on. Even better. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's positive. I'm sure everyone was uh, so upset that I was gone. Uh, but yeah, it's the time. The summer has been flying by. I've been a. I've been so busy. Plus, with all of the chaos that was the NFL offseason or has been the NFL offseason with all the movement, it just seems like the days are flying by, and every day there's something new that we that we hear about, whether it's. Uh, whether it's MILF hunting or quarterback hunting, we, we've got it all covered here today. Sounds like a plan. So, once again, we're brought to you by Underdog. Make sure to tune in to the middle of the show or the end of the show. You know what? It might be at any time. I might say in two minutes or <laughs> seven minutes or 18 minutes. Who knows when that promo code's coming to get a 100% deposit match with Underdog. You'll just have to wait. Um, so, first thing we have, uh, some more of a, a joking topic, um, but... Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, his dynasty stock has risen uh, <laughs> because he alleged, allegedly um, hunts milfs. Uh, what thoughts, Dan? I, I mean, I'm on. I'm on board. Um, the person I'm married to happens to be one. Uh, so Jesus. we, you know, <laughs> it was my doing. But you know, yeah. it's no, it's it's funny when when off season stuff like this because everyone's so desperate for news stories. I remember a few years ago with the Jimmy Garoppolo with the uh, the adult film star, adult film star. There you go. I was trying to find a filler word. Uh, that was you know big news for like a week and a half for absolutely no reason. So it was funny. I, I mean, um, for what it's worth, the other stories kind of around this one have been 
all of like the confidence that Zach Wilson has shown on field or just around the guy. I know it's it sounds stupid, but this kind of makes sense, like that it's happening. But it it does sound like things are going better for him on the actual football side. So even though this is a stupid story, um, it maybe hey, you know maybe the stock is rising. And maybe he's due for that that big up, uptick. And I have been all aboard the Zach Wilson train, particularly as his price has decreased, particularly as his weapons have increased. You have a developing Elijah Moore. You have Garrett Wilson as the top 15 overall draft pick. And you have the, you know, the the tight end conglomerate of Jeremy Ruckert, Ty, uh, Tyler Gronklin, and uh, who's the other? C.J. Uzoma. So weapons galore for the New York Jets. The, the problem with, with Zach Wilson, speaking more seriously from a dynasty perspective here, this offseason didn't change his floor. His floor is still incompetent quarterback who can't play. But it vastly, vastly, vastly increased his ceiling back to where we kind of saw it as a second overall pick. His ceiling is, you know, top seven, top eight NFL draft NFL quarterback. Yeah, it looked for a little bit like his range of outcomes were Mitch Trubisky as his floor and Baker Mayfield as his ceiling. But now I, I think... I, I do think that the ceiling is has opened up a touch, and it'll be nice to see to see if there is the improvement to see if if the Jets continue to build like this because th- this isn't the, your your dad's New York Jets anymore. This team is committed to at least trying to win, whereas the Jets of the past were uh, committed to mediocrity. Now, Dan, I. Uh, like like you, I also did not listen to the, the solo pod that I, I made last week, um, and so I'm not sure what's exact or how uh, Justin edited this. Uh, but I told him like, hey, because I, I literally recorded on Tuesday night, and then I forgot to like send it to him until Wednesday night, and then on Wednesday during the day, Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers, and I did 32 takes in 32 minutes. And one of the takes was, I don't understand why we're not considering Matt Coral a legitimate threat to start NFL games <laughs> this year. Um, with yeah. the caveat that if they trade for Baker, obviously Matt Coral will not be starting games this year. But Baker Mayfield traded the Panthers, quote-unquote sources, quote-unquote coaches, saying that uh, Baker Mayfield is entering a competition with a three-way competition between uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and uh, Matt Coral. So that's that's BS, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing as the commanders bringing in Carson Wentz and telling Taylor Heineke that it's a quarterback competition. One person's making a million dollars, the other person's making 25. We all know that it's not a, a quarterback competition. I, I don't know what Sam Darnold's cap numbers look like right now. You know, Matt Coral on the on the rookie deal. Uh, but, you know, Baker's going to be commanding that, that money one way or another, and I know the team's splitting it, but... That's his offense now. Uh, they essentially confirmed how big of a disaster the Sam Darnold uh, move was. They they knew that Teddy Bridgewater wasn't the answer in previous years, and Matt Coral's a project. He's not he's not ready to go. Maybe he could be. Maybe by the end of of Baker's potentially short term uh, deal with the Panthers is is Matt Coral's time. So. It'd be interesting to see how it pans out, but I would doubt uh, Sam Darnold is even on the team come week one. I, I would assume it'll be Baker and, and Goral for, uh, I would say, at least a couple of years. But it's all going to depend on Baker's health. If he's healthy, this offense 
I would say becomes very quickly a top 10 to 12 offense, potentially even higher. You have DJ Moore. You have a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You have a hopefully healthy Baker Mayfield. Those three pieces alone should be scary enough for most anybody. You still have Robbie Anderson, who is a legitimate all-around threat, not just a deep threat. He can do a lot more than that. Uh, you you have, uh, I forget the rookies, the, or this, I guess he's, what, third year now? Um Terrace Marshall, uh, I think he'll continue to second year. second year. He's only had one terrible year in the NFL. Only one. Perfect. Only one terrible year with one terrible quarterback. And I, I do think that he'll continue to make strides forward and, and, you know, hopefully become a suitable NFL player. Nonetheless, the Carolina Panthers are all around a, a pretty solid team. And quarterback has been a, a kind of a massive hole from that for them since Cam Newton was Cam Newton. So uh, I love Baker here. I think this offense becomes much, much stronger with him there, assuming health and assuming they stick with him. I, I can't see a world where he loses this competition if it is, in fact, a competition. But I think all of the arrows point upwards for all of the assets that are worth having in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I think the one like Dynasty thing to consider is that he is still on a one year deal. And so, you know, Baker is kind of in a prove it mode. Like, there is st- like, I didn't think there was a legitimate chance that Baker Mayfield wasn't a starter in 2022, but I do think there's a legitimate chance that he's not a starter in 2023 if he doesn't prove it in 2022. So he's on a prove it deal. And also he's, I don't think he's looking over his shoulder at Matt Coral, but I think that, you know, depending on what Matt Coral is doing in, in the off season and, you know, in practice and like that, that will help determine, okay, do the Panthers want to sign Baker Mayfield to a long-term deal? They want, Do they want to let him walk and, and let Matt Coral go? Or, you know, their record also might determine, like, if they're a bottom five NFL team, even with Baker Mayfield, they might just be like, you know what, we're going to go the Bryce Young sweepstakes or we're going to go the C.J. Stroud sweepstakes. Yeah, and that's very possible as well. But I, I don't, I'd like you, I don't think he'll be looking over his shoulder at what's behind him, but I do think that the chip on his shoulder will come back into play because we've all seen – We've all seen Petty Baker, uh, even as far back as Oklahoma, that, you know, having to be a walk on, having to do this, having to do that is his time in Cleveland. And everybody thought he couldn't do it. And when he was healthy, he was pretty darn good. Uh, I I think I think we see a a pretty solid year from Baker here. I I don't think he's going to be the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady. I I mean, I think that's fair to to say that he's not going to be going out and throwing for like 5000 yards and 40 some touchdowns. But I do think it's going to be a 4,000-plus-yard season. I do think he is around that 30-touchdown mark. And with his weapons, he won't probably have to do as much as he did in Cleveland because even though, yeah, he had Odell for a minute and you know what's left of Jarvis Landry, that offense was the running game. So uh, obviously you still have Christian McCaffrey here, but he's just as important through the air as he is on the ground in between the tackles. Um, I, I think this offense is much more well-rounded and suits Baker more. Yeah, DJ Moore, 14th in the NFL in yards after the catch. You know, I, I think that's that's kind of what we were hoping with the initial Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham connection happened. Like, wow, Odell Beckham can make plays in the open field. And for whatever reason, those two just didn't ever sync up. And I just kept on buying both both Baker and <laughs> one of them would figure it out. And it just didn't happen until Odell was released in the time with the Rams. Um, so yeah. I, I'm a fan of Baker. I don't think that his price really increases in Dynasty at this stage, so I'm fine investing him as like a low QB2, high in QB3. 
in that, you know, it's it's one of those things that you're not paying a price for him where if 2022 is the last year he's the starter, that's going to, like, buckle your team. Um, one, one side note, uh, Baker Mayfield has been gifted some of the best running backs ever. That's very like, true. Like, to go from Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, to Christian McCaffrey is like, oh, okay, you know, just more great running back play. And don't but, forget Chuba Hubbard. I mean, he's no slouch either. He proved that he was halfway decent while McCaffrey was out too. So, uh, yeah, the the running backs, even even in college, he, he's kind of always had a ridiculous running back. So it'll be nice to have that comfort zone again and an even better running back in Christian McCaffrey. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for the Carolina Panthers this year. I, I think I think we see a nice bounce back from them. I think we see a nice bounce back from the offense. I, I, I'm not sure that they're competitors with the Bucks or Saints from a NFL. Well, point. no, yeah, that's that's the just a division of death. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, blockbuster trade. Uh, the the trade heard around the world. The trade that you know it's probably the most impactful trade in an offseason that includes the Russell Wilson trade and the Baker Mayfield trade. There's many other trades that I'm forgetting because my brain doesn't work right now. Uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry has been traded from the New England Patriots to the Chicago Bears for a 2024 seventh round pick as a extreme Nikhil Harry advocate um, who probably has dropped nearly every single one of his Nikhil Harry shares. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about a new landing spot. I'm still in this, the frame of mind that he's the end and end of bench guy, but in the back of your mind, there still is that first round draft capital. In the back of your mind, there still is that those big plays he made at Arizona State. And in the front of your mind is the Bears have no talent wide receiver. They have Darnell Mooney and an 85-year-old Velas Jones. Like <laughs> th- there is plenty of opportunity for for Nikhil Harry. And if he and, and Justin Fields can get a connection, I will be very cautiously excited about it. Yeah, I, it's it's an interesting one. Like you said, he's definitely the end of bench type. You can have him for free at this stage. I, I, there's zero expectations. Obviously, when you're moving a seventh round pick, you're you're not you know expecting a whole lot. But I would expect him to be on the team. I would expect him to probably be starting with wide receiver four ish, maybe wide receiver three snaps. Even despite the lack of talent on the roster, uh, that that team is going to be running through Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery for now. But there's not many better guys, I think, to put out as kind of the end of bench stash, the guys that have huge potential to potentially be what we thought that they were. And obviously, you know, we've seen it time and time again that some guys just straight up can't grasp the New England playbook. Some guys just suck. But there is a possibility that he just didn't get it there and not... You know, I, I mean, he's not exactly going to the best possible place, but you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields. You have new coaching staff, thank God, because the Matt Nagy offense was never going to work. And it's kind of just fresh all around. So I think sometimes fresh starts are better. Sometimes they're awful. But it, like you said, I mean, wh- who who would you rather have, you know, end of bench? I mean, are we sticking with Amari Rogers or or um, Paris Campbell over Nikhil Harry? I mean, I think you put all those names in a hat and pick one out. You're hoping you get Nikhil Harry because I think he has more upside. Yeah, absolutely. And 
like you said, it's such a young offense that yes, it Nikhil Harry, um, Nikhil Harry's floor in fantasy is zero cut, n- not relevant whatsoever. But in terms of a, you know, it's it's a little bit optimistic to talk about long term upside. But in terms of long term upside, Nikhil Harry going to an offense that has a opening potentially at wide receiver one and has a young quarterback at Justin Fields that. Like I said, you're projecting a lot to get to that point, but if Nikhil Harry can can put things together, this is a very good spot for him. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm on board. I'll be I'll be picking up as many pieces as I can. All right. Next, we're gonna go on to the franchise tagged tight ends. So, uh, Mike 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 Njoku or David Njoku, which you're one you want to talk about. <laughs> David Njoku uh, did sign a long term extension earlier in the off season, uh, so he is not playing on the franchise tag. Two tight ends that it appear. As of, as of 7 12 2022 at 5 p.m. Central, as of now, they looking like they are going to be playing on the franchise tag are Mike Gusecki and Dalton Schultz. Um, oftentimes, when, when players get big extensions like, like in Joku, we talk about, oh, this means that the team clearly values them and that, that that's a slight boost in their floor for, for Dynasty. Um, does a lack of contract extension worry you about either of these guys? Is there one that, that you think that this could be better for? What are your thoughts on these two tight ends playing on one year deals? Well, I, I think it's good for the short term because we'll expect them to continue to produce the way that they have. But I also don't think as far as Dynasty goes that it's very good. I, I would anticipate that because of the deal David Njoku signed and because of past deals that guys like Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry got, they were expecting to get substantially more because, I mean, not only have they been better, they've been much better then a lot of the tight end names moving around, you know, aside from like Zach Ertz, um, it, it, to me, this this is a kind of a weird spot. And I know Miami brings in Tyreek Hill. So, you know, they, they might just move on and and think maybe, I don't know, Hunter Long is an answer or Durham Smythe is an answer. Or I, I don't know what the thought process is there outside of they might not have the money. But the Dalton Schultz one, uh, and I, I mean, the Cowboys have been pretty good about finding tight end talent in drafts over the last, I don't know, 20 years, however long Jason Witten was in the league, uh, followed up even by, you know, Blake Jarwin showed signs of, of Bennett. quality Martellus Bennett, who they, you know, who they had. Um, and now Dalton Schultz, who, who showed us with the workload. I mean, he was very consistent and he proved to, to be a strong tight end one. So, I I don't love how this is kind of turning out for these guys long term. I do think if you treat tight ends more uh, like a one year asset or a, a short term asset outside of your Kyle Pitts and your Mark Andrews, that you know these guys could could end up being huge values. Uh, you could have top five tight end seasons potentially. Uh, I would say you know Dalton Schultz is is most likely in that conversation with Gasecki having potential for it if Tua ends up being what we think Tua could be. But uh, the addition of Tyree Kill there is a little bit, uh, that hurts it a little bit. So um, I'm not sure if there's anybody we can chase on these teams as far as backups to stash. I don't love stashing tight ends, especially second string ones, outside of, you know, the Dallas Goddard underneath Zach Ertz bit. Um it's well, I mean, I, in, in deep in deeper tight end premium leagues, I don't mind rostering Hunter Long because um, sure. he, he's a, a day two tight end. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, my, my thoughts on Schultz and Gusecki playing on the one year deals, 
I, I think that I'm, and this might just be my, my bias to being a, being a longtime Gusecki fan and, and not as long of a, a Schultz fan, but I'm more of a, I think I'm more, I'm more concerned for Schultz because I think he's a little bit more dependent on his, on his situation. I think Gusecki has outperformed his situation throughout sure. his career. And so if he moves on to a, be, a better quarterback or a better team, I think it can all be good for him. Um, or if he resigns, it, it's likely, a, you know, an instance of that Miami offense continuing to develop. So I think that Schultz is a little bit more dependent on his situation. And so the lack of a long-term deal is a little bit more concerning for him. But I still think he's a low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two, along with 87 other tight ends. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of the other 87, let, let's just do a very, very quick pick them. Uh, so we have Dalton Schultz or Mike Gusecki against, let's say, uh, Noah Fant. Are you taking those two or Noah Fant, I, you know, individually? Uh, I, I'd probably go Gusecki Fant Schultz. Okay. Uh, what about Dawson Knox? I think he's right there as well. I I, I would go Gusecki Schultz Knox. Okay, so you're a little bit higher I'm, on Gusecki. I'm, I'm very I'm ve- I'm very worried about um about Knox volume because it just okay. wasn't there this year. And then I mean, let's go maybe a tier higher. What about like Dallas Goddard? Is are you are you taking Gusecki over Goddard? Or are they the kind no, of no, no. With, with I mean, this is obviously this is the first year that they're going to be able to game plan a whole season around Goddard being their tight end one. So I think that Goddard is, is safely above above Gusecki, and I, I'm I think that Goddard gets a, a higher target share in a Eagles offense than Gusecki will with in the the two offense. Okay, so basically, I mean Gusecki. And and maybe Schultz are gonna be falling uh, anywhere from tight end nine to fourteen, kind of depending on how you rank each one of those guys. So, and, and I think that's fair. I think if you can get Gasecki or Schultz for the lower end of that tier, uh, you know, value wise, if you if you can get them for like tight end fifteen or sixteen type value, that's a huge get. I, I would love the opportunity just to even if we're playing for for twenty twenty three at that stage. I think that's a really nice get. All right, let's do one more quick note. Uh, there are reports that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the move by the end of the month of July. Um, although the, the, in this game of musical chairs, there seems to be a very limited amount of chairs. Um, right now, it looks like the Seahawks and Browns are the two leading options. I'm kind of, and obviously this is something we'll talk about literally in our next topic, but I'm, I'm a little confused why the Giants haven't come up in conversations. I think that the Giants are the type of team that they're going to consider themselves as contenders a little bit too early before they actually are contenders. And so I, I think that they should possibly look at, you know, acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo. Is there any, are there any other teams that you think are in the hunt? And I, I guess, is this a, just a case of the Niners are going to have to cut him, which would then result in him automatically signing with the Seahawks? Yeah, I, I think they're going to want to try to get something out of him, even though, I mean, He's he's got his time and he's got his money out of it. They they got him for a relatively inexpensive back in the day, um, so they're obviously that trying to recoup any of that isn't really on the the top of their minds. I don't really think that there's many places to go outside of either, you know, the couple places you mentioned. Um, I, I do I, think possibly possibly New Orleans if if Jamie's isn't healthy, but they did sign Dalton though. Yeah, I do think that's kind of an outside option. The one thing I don't think that gets talked about maybe enough is going to one of the places that has one of the older quarterbacks going into Tampa behind Brady again. And, you know, maybe Brady's only got one more. Maybe he's got four more. Who knows? What if he goes to Green Bay? We all know 
that the Jordan Love experiment isn't going to work. It wasn't going to work, and that's just how it is. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that maybe doesn't want to play all that long. And, I mean, that would be a great spot for him to start back up. Um, you know, obviously the, the talent isn't quite what it has been or what it was, but they're kind of on the restart and just kind of of using Aaron Rodgers' ability to, to get them going. Uh, I think one of those places might make sense. Even, you know, as as tough as it would be, and I don't know how much of an upgrade he would be, Tennessee, I know that they draft Malik Willis and, and you have, uh, well, we know what Ryan Tannehill is. I don't know if they, if Tennessee maybe thinks Jimmy Garoppolo could put them over the hump, but I, I think it's maybe a lateral move from Ryan Tannehill and doesn't give you enough upside to make a move like that. Um, and even, you know, Atlanta, maybe, I know they bring in Mariota. He's expected to start right away and obviously draft as Ritter. So th- there's kind of some outside options. I think Seattle's the cleanest line you can draw. And, you know, that would be great. Obviously, they, they make the deal and bring Drew Locke back when they trade for Russell Wilson or they trade away Russell Wilson. So, you know, that, that could be potentially interesting, most likely resulting in a Drew Locke cut. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a weird spot. I, I think the one that you put on the list that and that you just mentioned is the New York Giants because Daniel Jones is bad. Yeah, I get the running aspect, but that's not really the New York Giants M.O. at quarterback. It hasn't been and that probably never will be. And. I, I do think Jimmy Garoppolo could be a substantial step up from Daniel Jones and, and make them at least an NFC East contender because right now I don't think they're anywhere close to Philadelphia or Dallas. And obviously, and, and even the commanders I would I would probably take, if Carson Wentz is halfway decent, that defense is good enough where the and the offense can, can hang on where unless the Giants do something, they're absolutely fourth in the East. Yep, and Garoppolo is one of the many players this offseason that are in limbo, and limbo can often create value in your underdog draft. So why don't you tell people how they might be able to get underdog value with Jimmy Garoppolo and possibly a promo code? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo certainly is going to become a value, but the best value in fantasy football right now, Nathan, is absolutely underdog. They are matching 100% of your first deposit when you make that first deposit 100% you put in 100 they give you 100 it's as easy as that you know what you can use that extra 100 for Nathan best ball mania 3 that is right best ball mania 3 is back obviously because it's the third one with a 10 million dollar prize pool think about what you could do with $10 million, you could probably buy Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. The best part is, with the Best Ball Mania, you just draft your team, and that's it. There's no waivers, there's no trades, there's no in-season management. It's as easy as it gets, and it's all under one roof at Underdog. The champion of Best Ball Mania last year was drafted in June. We're a little bit behind, but July's not super far off from June, you guys. I don't know if you know how months work, but get to drafting. Get in at an underdog. Use code ROTOVIZ, that's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, and get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Underdog, we love you. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, now we're getting to a fun free agent edition of Rookie, Rookie of the Vet. Rookie of the Vet, pending 2013, 2013, Jesus, did I rewind it? We're close. (laughs) 2013 or 2023, free agency preview edition. We're going to pitch a 2023 pending free agent with a 2022 rookie. So we, 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 I think... I kind of know where we're both going here after, you know, our discussions in the past, but also just what you said literally seconds ago. Um, But two players that are close in value from ADP wise are quarterback Daniel Jones or quarterback Desmond Ritter. I will start off by saying on my 32 takes in 32 minutes, one of my most ardent takes was that Daniel Jones hype is one of the most confusing things in Face football in 2022. Uh, I understand, like like you said, I understand the rushing upside and all those things, but I think that l- people are losing sight of the fact that Daniel Jones has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL his entire career. And so, yes, you might get some rushing upside from a fantasy perspective, but there is a near zero chance that he is a starting quarterback in 2023. That's why I will easily take Desmond Ritter, who I think probably has at least like a 50 to 60% chance of being a starter in week one, 2023. Well, we know Daniel Jones is bad. So you do have, I mean, the potential for Des Ritter to even be mediocre, I think makes it easily Des Ritter here. I get that the short-term points is arguably worth more if we're talking about today. And I, I just still don't think Daniel Jones does enough in one year to make it worth Des Ritter. Uh, I do see Des Ritter as the potential quarterback of the near future, not the forever future, because I don't think he is good enough to transcend a whole offense that way, but he could be. And I think he provides, you know, similar things that Daniel Jones provides as far as what they're capable of. 
But Des Ritter has so much more upside in the fact that he's not Daniel Jones. <laughs> so, yeah, for me here, it's Des Ritter. I, I refuse. You couldn't give me Daniel Jones. If you gave him to me, Nathan, in like a like a one fob dollar for Daniel Jones in a start four quarterback league, I would release him. <laughs> so honorable of Dan to do that. So we're both going the rookie Desmond Ritter on this exchange. Uh, our next one for rookie of the vet is Miles Sanders, the veteran, or the rookie James Cook. This is this is a tough one uh, for me. I, I love James Cook, but I also love Devin Singletary. And I really don't like Miles Sanders. I'm starting to come around a little bit to it because of the value. But where Miles Sanders got to and everyone just completely being blind to the obvious, like that wasn't sustainable, that wasn't going to continue to happen. And the way he rose up, like there was room for growth. Um, I, I, I hated that whole situation. But there's potential for Miles Sanders to go somewhere where they know how to use him. Obviously, that most likely is going to mean a committee backfield. But I also think James Cook is lodged in a committee backfield. I think uh, Devin Singletary has proved time and time again that he can be the guy. He's better with someone, uh, however bad Zach Moss has been. Singletary seems to be doing better uh, and is more efficient when he when he's only a, a 15-touch guy rather than a 25-touch guy. And I think James Cook is a perfect complement to what they want to do in Buffalo. But is he going to get enough work to overcome the potential for Miles Sanders Miles Sanders in an RB1A or 1B in a better offense? There can't be a worse spot for a running back uh, really at all than Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. If Philadelphia didn't have Jalen Hurts, this would be Miles Sanders pretty easily. But until we know where Sanders is going, I'm not sure that he's better than James Cook. And I think that the Bills are committed to the committee type. And I do think James Cook is going to get enough of that work where I'm going to go James Cook here, but reluctantly. Yeah, I mean, I think that these two guys have similar pros and cons. I don't think either of these offenses are conducive to the running back position. Because the, I guess the rushing offside that takes away from the running backs in Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. My my take here is that I think that Miles Sanders is the better running back. Um, I think that he's the better at rushing the ball than, than James Cook is. And I, I think that it's pretty likely that Sanders gets a decent second contract, whether it's from Philadelphia or elsewhere. So I, I think that from a short-term perspective, I don't really expect much from James Cook. And then from a long-term perspective, maybe Sanders gets into a better position long-term next year. So whether it's, whether it's through the Eagles getting a, a different quarterback or through Sanders signing elsewhere. So um, I'm going to lean Sanders ever so slightly, understanding that obviously the floor with Sanders is probably a little bit lower in the short term than, than Cook. Cook's going to maintain his value a little bit better. But I, I think that they're going to see some of the, some, some touchdown regression from Miles Sanders, and that's going to help in the intermediate, and then possibly the future helps with a quarterback or team change. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like I said, I, I if if he can go somewhere where they know how to use him and get him in space, um, I'm not going to agree that Miles Sanders is better between the tackles because I think he's 
arguably elite outside of the tackles, catching the football in space. And I think he's very bad between the tackles. I don't know that I can say that about James Cook. I, I think I think James Cook is closer to Delvin Cook than Miles Sanders is to Delvin Cook. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I do, I, obviously we lean the pass catching ability, you know, and I would say Miles Sanders is a better pass catcher, but James Cook is very good and competent at that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think my Miles Sanders has just been spoiled because of what was and not what could be. So, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. both are very fair and I think they are genuinely worth about the same where, Picking one out of a hat, you're going to be happy with either one. Yeah, looking at the Rotoviz range of outcomes, use promo code Rotoviz or RV Radio 2022 to get your 10% discount. Uh, his most likely range of outcomes is around that 12 to 13 point, uh, PPR points per game, but there is some some decently high upside in that 20 to 25 points per game um, as well. You know, counting a, little, a, a few dist- distributions there. So, I think that the the, the the short-term ceiling is much higher for 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 Sanders, and I think that the, the long-term ceilings are probably pretty similar. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to running backs who have long-term, min, high-term, and all those terms of ceilings and floors. Rookie, Brees Hall, or the vet, Saquon Barkley? Well, um, this is two players who I think – are overvalued still and will continue to be overvalued. Uh, I get the Brees Hall love because of, of the draft capital and the, the young, hot offense, but there's a real chance the New York Jets are still awful, and we don't know for sure that Brees Hall is Matt Forte like everyone wants to crown him to be. I think he's probably okay. I don't think he's great. I wouldn't have spent a first-round pick on him, but... I don't run an NFL team. We kind of know what Saquon Barkley is. If he doesn't have a 60-yard touchdown in a game, he's probably getting you four points or negative points. Who knows? Um, and the Giants are bad. So we, we have to hope that Saquon is moving on. If they work something out or, or do whatever they need to do to try to bring him back, which I don't think that they will, uh, we have to hope for another landing spot that knows how to use somebody with elite talent in space. Well, kind of like how Miles Sanders is, but in Saquon Barkley, uh, what happens when he goes to Philly? <laughs> you know, like there, there's so many bad landing spots that it, it's really hard to want to take Saquon, even though his boom bust potential is honestly intriguing. Like in a best ball league, I'm taking Saquon here a hundred times out of a hundred, but normal dynasty. I think I have to go breeze. Just because I think his value is insulated, uh, well, I know it's insulated a lot more than Saquon. We've seen him kind of go up and down over the last couple of years, but kind of in the same zone. I just, you know, the chance of Brees dipping way down in value is is pretty low, aside from a career-ending injury or, you know, Zach Wilson being really, really bad and showing us that there's no progression made. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Brees here, uh, mostly because I'm buying the the Jets' offense more so than I'm buying the Giants' offense or whatever situation Saquon Barkley finds himself in next. I I, I think that, like you said, the, the biggest factor is when you're trying to make a decision, a one-for-one one like this, you're asking yourself, is this decision going to kill my team? 
And taking Brees Hall is not going to kill your team here. It's, the value is going to be insulated for at least 12 to 18 months. Whereas Saquon Barkley, I don't expect him to bottom out in 2022, but we've seen it time and again at the end of these, you know, these uh, big running backs at the end of their first first contract, that th- there can be that bottoming out at the end of the first contract, beginning of the second one. So um, d- from the risk aversion pr- perspective, I'm going to take Brees Hall here. Um, but I mean, in terms of like 2022 points, so I'd probably ever so slightly lean Saquon. I don't even know if Saquon's winning that. To be completely honest, no. I mean, it, that's that, that, and that's why it's Brees because it's really an argument for yeah. 2022 points. It's not an argument for 2024. Like 2024, you're clearly taking Brees there. Hundred percent. Let's wrap up the show with a a matchup that I didn't think was that close when we brought it up, but we'll see how this goes as a conversation. Um, wide receivers, wide receiver rookie Drake London or wide receiver uh, DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks, pending free agent. Um, I don't know how much, Dan, you buy into uh, players tweeting out whether they want in or out of their contracts and re-sign or not re-sign. But DK Metcalf has been vocal about wanting to return to the Seahawks, even with the departure of one Russell Wilson. So it seems like he wants to be a Seahawk for life or a Seahawk for the foreseeable future. Whether that's good or bad, I, I think that the Seahawks are in position, assuming they don't go after Jimmy Garoppolo, they're in position to get one of the top quarterbacks in 2023 as they'll have two first-round picks, their own, and the Denver Broncos. So I, I'm i buying Metcalf here because I, I think that he is the better wide receiver. I love Drake London. I think he's a very good NFL player, or he's going to be a very good NFL player. But Drake London is who we – or DK Metcalf is who we want Drake London to be. And so why would I, I mean, I understand the age gap and things like that, but there really isn't even that large, yes, London's young, and so is Metcalf. So the the age gap isn't big enough for me to care or to take on the risk of the quote-unquote like unproven talent in Drake London. And so I'll take Metcalf here. I'm not too worried about the Seahawks short-term, or I mean, long-term. Short-term, I I think that Metcalf is going to, you know, do what he does. I think that his ceiling is is capped at the the current stage, but I think it, it could quickly uncap in the short future. Yeah, I mean, you said it. The we what we want Drake London to be is DK Metcalf, and to be completely honest, I think that that DK Metcalf's floor is Drake London's ceiling. So I think you're risking a lot in taking Drake London here. I, I don't like the Atlanta Falcons in the short term. They they really don't have a path to. <laughs> to success if we're being completely honest you know we talked about des ritter a little bit and while i would take him over daniel jones i I wouldn't be taking him in many matchups against other quarterbacks because i don't have a ton of faith in that offense it's more than likely going to be dominated by kyle pitts because i feel like he's going to be running the routes in what should be easier throws for whoever's playing quarterback and I just don't think that Drake London is going to match what DK Metcalf has already done. Both young, I, I think that makes it even easier. I mean, if DK was 27 or or 28, I, I think this would be a fair uh, a fair talk. But um, I don't know that it matters who the quarterback is for for DK Metcalf. I think I think he's going to be able to get open. He's going to overpower. He's going to run past people. He's going to do whatever he wants on the football field as now he's going to be entering his prime where he was still kind of learning the position and, and figuring things out. He was, he was pretty raw as it was entering the NFL. 
and just exploded onto the scene. And honestly, he's only gotten better, even if his team, the team around him has gotten worse. And obviously no Russell Wilson anymore, but, you know, a, a limited, a, a pseudo-efficient Russell Wilson might not be all that different than a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Russell Wilson wasn't ever healthy. Uh, you know, he'd get outside the pocket and just get smoked. So if they can bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo, awesome. I, then it's really DK Metcalf. If it's still Drew Locke, I mean, we, we saw some decent fantasy production out of Drew Locke. I, I don't hate it, um, but I, I, yeah, I think this one for me is a very a very clean line for DK. Yeah, and looking at his road of his range of outcomes, his two most likely outcomes are 14 and 15 PPR points per game. It's a very solid, I mean, floor might be the wrong way to put it, but that's a very, a very solid median outcome or, or actually – uh, going back to my math, it's the mode that those are two of the most often uh, <laughs> on the range of outcomes. So very, very solid mode, hashtag mode Twitter. Um, so, yeah, DK Metcalf, I, I, I don't think that London's upside uh, necessitates the risk of of going London over Metcalf at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think there's a better chance he's Tyler Boyd than he is DK Metcalf. Alrighty, that should wrap us up. So you got a quick like 27-minute episode last week. We went long today. The two of us, Dan and Nathan, chopped it up. Your favorite podcast, Dying Straight Cast on Rotovis Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire via Underdog, promo code RV Radio 2022 to get your Rotoviz subscription. So help support the pod. Like, you know, Dan's Dan's dog needs food. Uh, my dogs need food, and he has kids, lots of them. I feed them um, dog food as well. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, CPS, do not listen to that. Uh, bleep that out. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, that's your episode for today. Any last words, Dan, other than feeding your kids dog food? <laughs> yeah, I actually have to go make them some warm dog food here in a minute. But get over to Underdog, guys. They're giving literally giving free money away. Underdog, Underdog. Code, code Rotoviz, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. Get over there and start and, drafting. And when you win the $2 million, you have to give some to Dan and I. It's true because I'm making you go there. It, I get like five percent. Let's just call it a deal. <laughs> that's a that's a hefty sum, but we'll take it. Um, that's your episode for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh. <laughs>